Welcome back to the Pursuit of Freedom podcast. I'm in my van. It's 8am, already 27 degrees and very muggy. Joining me today, though, is Jen Chow. She is in America. Uh, Not America, sorry. She is in Japan. And it's about four degrees, I think you said, over there. So I would love to swap. Um, But Jen, you're an Asian-American lesbian. You're living in Japan. You're an empowerment and joy coach, and you help women reconnect with their true selves to create a life of freedom, joy, and truth. You are preaching to the choir. Honestly, you sound amazing, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited. I love love just listening to, just hearing how hot it is there. I'm like, give me some of it. I want that sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) I'd happily trade right now. Let's dive right into the deep questions because I think we've got a lot of important stuff to cover in our chat today that people are going to get a lot of value from. And when we first met, a theme that really came out for me was this sense of belonging. Mm. And I think a lot of us in the LGBTQI plus community really struggle with finding a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And I know that in your culture, that's added another layer of complexity. So I'd love to hear from you, you know, what what has it been like from little Jen growing up? Did this sense of belonging, was it there when you were little? Did it, like, how did this unfold? Oh, thank you so much for that question. It absolutely was not there when I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. I was born in Taiwan. And I moved to America when I was two. And right off the bat, I couldn't speak the language. My family couldn't really speak the language. So I was an immigrant. And I just remember being at school, it was really difficult for me. I was placed in ESL. I was kind of like ostracized. I was taken out of the class sometimes and taken into a little like classroom where a few other little students, we had to study English. And it just felt, you know, it was just that, ostracizing feeling that I got from a very young age. And I remember being told, um, you know, speak English, you're in America now, you have to learn how to speak English. And then it was just, okay, so I, I have, I think I, even now I internalize that as, as, as a, a trauma, like it was, it was mm-hmm. being told you didn't belong. Um, so that was the first, the first sense of belonging that I did not have. And mm-hmm. then as I, as I got older and I started to realize, okay, um, I'm not the same as everybody else. I'm, I'm, I think I might be attracted to women in my culture, in Asian culture. Um, and back in those days, it, it was so unspoken of and, and like no one I knew was in the community. No, at least nobody that I knew who looked like me. And right. so I had no one to really talk to. I never experienced any outward homophobia. So that was, that was very good, but it was all just, it just didn't exist. So I just felt like I didn't exist. My experiences didn't exist. I didn't exist. My feelings don't exist. So what was wrong with me? And so that was really difficult. And growing up, I just felt there was always something wrong with me. And I didn't know what to do. I just kind of thought, well, everywhere that I looked, this was not the way to live. This was not the way to feel. So I had to... I have to be this certain way. I have to be the good, 
daughter who gets married and has kids, has two kids, they have to learn how to play piano. Yeah. There's, there's so many specifics of, of, of things that people before me have done. And that's, that's just how I was supposed to live my life. Cause that's, you know, well, that's what my parents did. They came all the way to America to give me the education and all that stuff. And how could I, you know, how could I disobey them and, and disgrace them or something like that? Mm-hmm. It got really, really difficult to a point that I felt I, I don't know if I want to live this life anymore. And so I got to a point where, yeah, it got really bad. And um, I decided, you know what? <clears throat> I got an opportunity to work in Japan. I just, for, for the longest time, I wanted to get out of America. For me, mm-hmm. it's just America was very, very, it was like an enclosed space and it was getting smaller and smaller. And so for that, I, I, I applied for a job in Japan and I got it. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? Let me, let me just, let me just go overseas for a year or two, and let me live yeah. my life. Who cares? Let me just go crazy and just live my life, and then I'll come back, and then I'll come back, and I will be the good girl, and I will live that life that you want me to live. So I, I, I left, and I've been here ever since. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, <I'm back. laughs> But yeah, but being being overseas and, and being in a place where nobody knew who I was, it was so freeing. And mm. and in Japan already, because I was a foreigner, I was already seen as somebody who didn't belong. Yeah. And I was and it wasn't like I tried to belong because I, I came in knowing that I didn't belong. And in that helped me find my place of belonging. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Say more about that. So I think it was just, you know, ever since I was a kid and I lived in America and all that, like I felt like I had, I, I wanted to belong. I really, really wanted to belong here. I wanted to belong amongst, you know, English speakers. I wanted to belong with uh, among my friends. I wanted to be normal. But when I came to Japan and I was, I was already not normal because I, I lived in a very, very, it's a little country countryside where nobody spoke English. And right off the bat, like, yes, I looked Asian. But like you spoke to me, I'm like, I have no idea what the heck you're talking about. Yeah. You looked at me, I was like this, what? And so I knew, I knew I was going to come in. I didn't know the language. So I thought, whatever, it doesn't matter. Knowing that I didn't belong, I just had to, I, I had to make my place of belong. I had to, I had to, to find my people. Yes, I found a community of, of, of among my, my coworkers who were other foreigners, other English speakers. But we all had such different lives. And then I thought, okay, I'm not going to find anything here, really. No, nobody was really, um, you know, in the LGBTQ, uh, QIA plus um, community. But I thought, okay, it's all good. Let me, let me, mm. let me find, find people. But then I started to realize, because, you know, we're all expats and people leave. I realized I need to find myself. I need to find comfort because I was attaching a lot of my sense of belonging, a lot of my, 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 my happiness, my, my acceptance. And I wanted people to accept me and blah, blah, blah. I was attaching so much of it to external people, external forces, external factors, and they always left. And it was always yeah. so hard for me to deal with that until I realized why, like what, like, I need to find that peace within myself, that acceptance within myself, that happiness within myself. I have to create that by myself. And when I started to, I finally, 
I finally felt okay. Like I finally started to feel like I belong somewhere. And it's not a place. It's not a location that you feel that sense of belonging. It's within yourself that you feel that sense of belonging. And once you feel it, nothing, nothing can shake you. (laughs) Yeah. And how different life must be now compared to when you were a kid and then, you know, growing up. And then even when you made that decision to go to Japan and being there in the early days sounds like, yeah, that sense of belonging, you were really trying to figure that out. Yeah. And you had to look inside. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting, isn't it? The sense of belonging does come from within. I truly believe that Mm. when we rely on others I don't know. It doesn't usually work well, does it? Yeah, because it's it's like it's a validation, right? You you want people to validate mm. you, but you have no control over what they think and what they feel and how they'll react. And it's always it was always so scary. I was so scared that they would use whatever they you know, use whatever they know about me against me. But then now I'm like right. you can't because I love who I am. I, I accept myself for mm. who I am and so you can say whatever you want. Yeah, sometimes I'll get like a little butt hurt, but that is what it is. It's your reaction to me. It's not anything to do with me. That was a very, that yeah, was a big learning, right? Yeah. So how did you get to that point? Like, did you have someone guide you to do that inner work or did you just figure it out yourself? How did you get here? A lot of trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. It took, it took a long time. It definitely took a long time. And I, I want to say it had to do a lot with, I was lucky. I met someone who really accepted me for who I was in a way. Like, yes, so I was, I had my sense of belonging. I was getting, getting close to like, I think I was already on that path because I was feeling so much of this, the hurt that I was getting with people leaving. I did meet someone and um, my ex and she was very, she accepted me for who I was. And I was like, great, great, great. But what I had learned was, my reaction to her and learning to accept her helped me learn how to accept myself. It was a very strange, slow, kind of sudden transformation, I think. I was not intending to like find a sense of belonging, really. It was like it was almost like um indirect bonus from the relationship that I had with her. Right. Where she was very accepting of the parts that I really didn't like about myself. And she kept telling me, like, it's fine the way you are. And I'm like, no, it's not, because I had a very strict idea of what was right and what was wrong. And seeing her and my reactions to her, I also had a lot of ideas of what was right and what was wrong. And then we had we worked through a lot of that because we would argue like crazy. But understanding, like, a person is who they are because of who they are. Like, you, you just accept them and you love them for who they are. And... It was a very chaotic relationship, to be honest. (laughs) But from that experience, I realized um, how much acceptance can really transform something, someone. Through the relationship that we had, I think I had, we had a lot of, well, I had a lot of opportunities to really see how my reactions to her and how my acceptance of her quirks and her things that I at first did not see as good. And I, I I judged and I was like, I don't like this part about you and blah, blah, blah. I want you to change. I was not a really good person at the beginning. <laughs> but, <laughs> but after I learned, like, you know, people are who they are and it's okay and just accept it. The relationship completely transformed. And then I was like, wait, let me, 
let me let me apply that to myself and let's see what that would be like. And then it completely changed the way I saw life. I saw myself, the way I reacted to things. I was just like, you know what? It's, it is what she said. I'm okay to. It's okay that I feel this way. It's okay that I have these, quote unquote, imperfections, but they're me. Right. And that makes me me. I don't know. It's it's. I, I like my little quirks. You know, every every now and then I'm like, oh, I wish I did it. <laughs> but- <laughs> Learning to love yourself is. I don't know. It's an ongoing journey for me, but I think it's hard, especially for yeah. for people in in our community where we've. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have so much, so many messages from outside. I mean, it's changing now, but there is still a lot of shame. I I, I dealt a lot yeah. with shame when I was a kid. Yeah, I was going to bring that up because I think that's something most of us in the LGBTQI plus community have experienced this concept of shame. And it sounds like you were becoming aware of your sexuality younger. So what role did shame play there as you were figuring things out? I think it was just, it it was, it goes back to like, I just thought there was something really wrong with me. And if I tried hard enough, I could somehow not pray the gay away because I'm, I'm not religious or anything, but I really thought that if I, 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 if I worked hard enough, I could just be normal. The shame was just because there was no representation at all. I mean, back in those days, I mean, nowadays we have a lot of like a lot of people are open and there's a lot of, of talk and a lot of um, dialogue about this. But back, you know, when I was a kid, the only I think the biggest news was when like Angelina Jolie came out as bisexual. And I was yeah. like, oh, wow, like there's somebody who's, who's kind of like me. But you see, yeah. there were no lesbians. There were only bisexuals. And I'm like, so maybe that's what I am. Maybe maybe I, maybe I like guys and girls, right? Maybe that's, maybe it's, I don't know. But she doesn't look like me. And she's a celebrity. Mm. She's allowed. I'm just this little like Asian kid who lives in America. I don't think I'm allowed. And I remember when that news came out, I remember ex- exactly, I was having noodles with my mom and my brother. And my mom was talking about that because she was reading the newspaper and she was like, and she had made a comment. She was like, oh my God, this is so gross. And I was like, and when I heard that, or she, I don't know if she said gross, but she was like, oh, what a shock. Like, oh my gosh, like that's so, that's so un, un, irregular or something like that. I just it said some yeah. word. I, I don't really know the direct translation, but it was the, the word, it was very negative. And I felt absolutely terrified when I heard that because here I was saying oh wow like hey look there's somebody who's kind of sort of like feeling things that I feel but I feel them much more than she does because I I never was really attracted to to, to guys so when I heard that I that that's where the shame like just you know I already felt something was weird but then now I, I heard it and from someone who who I really you know who was I wanted to be loved unconditionally and then I feared that if she ever found out I would lose that love. Mm. And so there was that shame of like, there's something wrong with me. And of course, you know, being an Asian kid, you're supposed to be good at math. I sucked at math. So already there, I would have shame about being, <laughs> I wasn't like the right kind of Asian either. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was piled upon and, and just, I became super, super um, terrified and scared of any um, 
behaviors that would be seen as not feminine. And, Mm. and so I not, I tried to really like over, not over feminize. I couldn't, I I would never did anything too crazy, but just in other areas, I tried to be as good as possible. Mm. You know, I I tried to be as quiet and as like, you know, domesticated as possible. (laughs) I tried to be very, very, like, I don't want to stand out. I want to cause trouble. It was just, and it, it was because I was so ashamed of who I was. I was afraid to dress the way I wanted to dress. I was afraid of walking the way I wanted to walk. I remember my mom being quite um, picky about the way I walked um, because I walked too bulky, I guess. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like the words that I would say, I was so scared. Just everything. I was just ashamed of everything that was me. And it was, it was just inauthentic. It was absolutely inauthentic. And I always had the fear. I remember... As a kid, fear and anger was like the, they were primary emotions that I felt. Fear of being found out by anybody or fear of anybody saying anything or making any comments about the way I dressed, the way I spoke, the way I looked, whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I was trying so hard to look this part. Yeah. And, and, and play this part as best as I could. And if anybody said anything, it meant that I had failed. It meant that I had, they, they found me out. And I was always so angry about what, like, because it's exhausting. It's so exhausting, right? To, to play this part of you, to, to, to put and suppress this part of you that is so big. Mm. And so I feel like, you know, a lot of my childhood, a lot of my, like, that, that those, those great years, those high school years, I, I can't remember a lot of it. Like, it, it was so, it was just so dark. Absolutely dark. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it, it was hard. So when I, I think it's, I, I maybe came to Japan out of desperation as well. Just, just, I needed mm. to, to breathe. I needed to get my head up for air. You know, I had to, to come up for air for a bit before I dove back down to like live a life of, live the heterosexual life. <laughs> did you feel that that was the only option, living that heteronormative life? I did. I, I really did. Yeah. I, I didn't think it, I never, ever thought that I would ever be able to come out or to be with somebody that I truly wanted to be with. There were no other options. It's almost like I had a conversation with a friend who recently in, in the recent years discovered that she was bisexual. And then I was like, because I, I kind of knew myself quite early on. So I don't really, I never really was, I never had a conversation with someone who came out quite later in life. She was saying like, the thing is I never knew it was possible to have you know, to be attracted to women. And I was like, I never knew there was an option not to, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but but it felt kind of like that. Like, but I, I felt like that when I was young. I, I just thought there's you don't you don't realize what other options there are until you have the safe space to explore. And right. I didn't have that safe right. space in America. Strangely, I come to a very conservative, conservative country and I discovered that it's I was gonna say that. It's it's not what I would have expected, mm. but what you were saying about, you know, going to a different country, you knew no one. It's kind of like starting from scratch yeah. You're rebuilding who you are. Or I imagine that's kind of what it was like. Yeah, it was. And and so it's, it's actually really nice. Like I, I just felt like, well, I, it's like a blank canvas and I have the ability to yes. do whatever I want now. And it's okay because, and, and I think that's the, the other thing I only had at first, I was just, 
I, I promised my mom, I'll be back in two years. Just give me two years. Right. I was like, it's yeah. two years. Who the heck, whatever, I can do whatever. No one's going to remember me anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, now, now I'm like, I've been here for a long time, so I have to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like, when I knew there was a quote unquote timeline and then I was like, what, what, what is there to lose? And that's kind mm. of the mindset that I had that has been helping me throughout my whole life. Whenever I'm scared to do something is what is there to lose? You, I mean, it's, you know, you only live once, right? <laughs> but, but really, what is there to lose? Nothing. Like it's so much worse in your mind. Uh, we have, or at least I do. I catastrophize so well oh, in yeah. my mind. But then that holds you back from living the life that you really want. So now I'm just like, every time something scares me, I'm just like, well, let's just go. Just do it. Who knows? Because yeah. things are always better than however you think. They will always be better than what you think. Yeah, I I definitely jump to the worst possible yeah. scenario when I'm scared of something. And it's like end of the world. Like, what if this happens? Exactly. And you step back and you're like, really? Yeah. Like, is that likely? And actually, even if things did go wrong, okay, well, what would you do? It's like, well, I could go back and I'd yeah. be all right. I could do this. Yeah. Usually it's going to be okay. Yeah. We're very good at talking ourselves out of things that actually exactly. could make us really happy. We're a lot more resourceful than we actually think. And there's people in our lives that are here to help as well. You just need to speak up and ask. That's something that was quite difficult as well because, you, you know, we, we grow up a little bit distrusting sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So I assume you've been back to the U.S. to visit family yeah. since you've been in Japan. Yep. What has that been like? You know, when, when, when you hadn't been in Japan too long, the first visit back home, what was that like? Because I imagine you'd become a bit of a different person. Yeah. Um, I was a lot more confident, actually, surprisingly. I remember the first time I went back, I had chopped my hair off. <laughs> and I, yeah, yeah. And just that, that act of cutting my hair was almost like a coming out in a way. For me, yeah. I've always had really, actually, surprising, I've always had really long hair. And my mom actually, um, she never had let me cut my hair. But I was like, mm. you can't control me now. I'm thousands, thousands of miles away. I can cut <laughs> yeah. it off. So I, I came back a little bit more confident in myself because in a way, I think Japan helps also because I'm an English speaker. Sure. Japan really likes English. And they're it's a, they're like, oh my God, wow. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. This is like, it's so <laughs> so normal for me. This is the only language, I, I mean, this is the only language that I could speak very, very well, actually, surprisingly. I lost all my Chinese. Mm. So that kind of made me feel like, okay, there's, there's something that people like about me here. And mm -hmm. that started to help me see myself in a different light because I was always very down on myself. I really, I was the master of self-deprivation <laughs> not, not, <laughs> and deprecation, I mean. You know, I came back a little more confident of who I was, but there was still, I, I was still not out the first year or two when I was in Japan, but I was starting mm -hmm. to explore it a little more. I had oh, actually right. had my first um, same-sex relationship around that time. So I knew kind of like, oh, okay, all right. Like I've tried it out now. I think I'm kind of gay, but okay. <laughs> I explored it. And now that I've actually explored it instead of just thought about it in America, because I've never dated anybody in America. I was getting a little more acquainted my, with myself. Coming back to America, I was still, but 
it was funny because when I, I know in that sense, I shrank again when I came here because of the memories I had, because I still was, I came back maybe I think the first year, either the first or the second year, but I hadn't expanded enough out in Japan and felt comfortable in my expansion before I went back when, so when I went back, I kind of, oh, this is who I was. I still have, these are still memories of people, uh, people who have ideas of who I was and and my friends, they still have an image of me that was so quite close to, not that much time has passed yet. So Mm -hmm. go back to what they remember, except with the short hair, which they started questioning. And I was like, okay, well, um, and I, I kind of would tell them like a little bit about my life in Japan and that relationship that I had was a part of the life that I had in Japan. So there was a little bit more expansion than from what I used to be, but I did feel I did go back subconsciously. Yeah. And then when I came back, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So what's it like now when you go back home? The most recent time I went back, it was absolutely amazing. I've never had such a great trip back. And I think it's all like, it's all the work that I've done. I've done a lot of inner work in the last year, a lot of shadow work and coming really truly to accepting all those really, you know, working through those little negative parts that I really still didn't like and understanding a lot of the traumas that I, working through all the traumas that I had. I went back and I was completely transformed in a way. Like I felt like this is truly who I am. This is who I've I've worked so hard on making and understanding myself. And I've went back there was no expansion there was no whatever the what's the word of shrinking and I was comfortable because I was like wow this is me and what's even amazing is also America has changed a lot and Mm. since since before like since a while I've come out to my family my mother is very you know she's accepting of me my brother knows everybody knows I am who I am and I come out here, I, I go out there and I just experienced the world as I experienced America as who I truly am. And it was just, it was wonderful. I had, I'm, you know, the lady who I was on the airplane with, we chatted the whole entire flight. It's like a 12, 13 hour flight. She's in the LGBTQ oh, wow. community. And I was like, wow, what, what are the, what, what are the chances? Yeah. And I'm just like, let me, let me just tell everybody, like, let's talk. I want to talk. I want to know. I want to be, I want to show you who I am. I want you to show me who you are. That would never have happened like, in the States. No. That, that would have never happened when I was a kid. In this kid, When I was a kid, it was like, don't ask me anything about myself. I'm not going to ask you anything, so you don't ask me anything. Right. I don't really want to know you because I'm scared that you'll want to know me. And I'm scared of letting you know who I am. But I went back and I was like, here I am. Exactly. Like, this is, this is it. Like, what do you want? Like, yeah, it was, it was liberating. Um, it was liberating. There we go. That's the word. Absolutely liberating. So I got I got to ask the stereotypical stereotypical question. Where, like, what's your coming out story? <laughs> I feel like this this question makes me roll my eyes a little bit. I don't know if you would agree, but I feel like there's not just one coming out. It's this ongoing thing, right? <laughs> but. Talk me through it. Like, when did you come out to your family? Was it different to when you came out to friends? Or was it just kind of you didn't say anything and they figured it out? Yeah. I mean, wow. I think I did my first coming out to a friend when I was in high school. 
Um, mm. It was, or it was kind of an like, I spoke it out loud for the first time, and I'm a big believer of once you say it out, it becomes true. And so for the longest time, I didn't want to say anything to anybody. I had a best friend in high school, and I actually had a crush on her. <laughs> but I was also like, she was the only person I really like, kind of told stuff to, like just all my all my other stuff besides being gay. But I remember just I I told her one day like I think I might be attracted to girls. And she gave me this look, and I will never forget the look. And it, it scared me because it wasn't a very accepting look. It was kind of like, "Are you sure? Like, really? Mm. Oh, but nobody else is like." That. And and then I remember the next day going to school really early and finding her, and she was talking to a boyfriend. I was like, "I need to talk to you right now." And she's like, well, "What is it?" I was like, "You know what I said yesterday? I don't think it's true. It was just it was just a, I don't know. It was a fluke. Like I I just." And I remember just retracting everything I said, and it felt so wow. uncomfortable. And I was just like, okay, well, I, I tried it out and the, the reaction I got was not good. So let me go back in. That was my first coming out <laughs> to a friend. After that, it's been it's been a little bit better because I, I was a little bit more um, careful with the people I came out to. <laughs> I came out, the next person I think I came out to was to a gay guy that I met in university who was so flamboyantly gay. And like the moment I was like, oh my God, hey, I think we're like on the same page here. And he's like, yeah, I think so. And he's like, Moving off a lot of like gay vibes, I was like, really? <laughs> so that helped, like having somebody in the community who's already very like open to himself. That was that. And then that he helped me really navigate how to like, you know, his friends and how to navigate coming out to, to friends. I came out to my mom actually when I was in Japan. Um, I was dating the the second person, somebody who I, I, I felt absolutely in love with, like first love kind of situation. Mm-hmm heard wedding bells and everything. I planned my whole life with this person. Um, and it was through Skype <laughs> because I was terrified mm. to tell my mother in person. I never thought I would ever come out to her. Like, you know, the story yeah. about like just going back and being straight. I never, ever, ever, ever planned on coming out to her. I just thought, you know, I was with this person. I wanted to spend the rest of my life with this person. I don't know how that's ever going to pan out if I never came out to her, but it, I'll figure out a way eventually. And I thought maybe maybe we'll just maybe we'll just be together once you know all our parents passed away. Like that was kind of the thought that oh I. Oh my had. god! Yeah, <laughs> don't say anything. Um, but I was I was on a call with my mom, and we had always we always kept um, in touch with each other um, through Skype. And um, just one day, she she was a little bit irritated because I was always at her house and always with her family, and she was kind of like. Like, are you, why are you always there? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, we're just really close. And she's like, well, are you like dating her? Like, just as kind of like a, a, a comment, a little joke. So when she, when she asked that, like as a joke, I just started sobbing and my mom freaked out. She's like, what's wrong with you? And I just, I couldn't say anything. I just shook my, I, I, I just nodded my head. And then she's like, what? And I was like, yes, I'm dating her. And she's like, and it was just like an explosion of like emotions for both of our sides and it was it was chaotic and horrible and it was just you know for, I, I never talked back to my mother because as a good daughter you're not supposed to talk back to your parents but that was the first time ever I really really like kind of talked back to her I was like I'm I'm happy and and she's like you don't look happy because I'm like bawling like snot <laughs> everywhere it was horrible like, you don't look happy but I was like you I'm I, I'm not happy because of the way that you're reacting right now because this is something I wanted to share with you. I wanted to, I just felt like, you know, I feel so unaccepted, blah, 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 blah. It was a huge argument. And we lost contact for about 
a year or two. Like it was just, wow. yeah, I, I'd call her every once in a while and, and every, I tried to like talk and then it was always end up in tears and somebody screaming. Um, so yeah, I lost contact with my mom for a while and I was just like, well, I guess this is, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, my family is my mom, my brother and my sister. And, and, you know, we're this little small unit and, and my mom was somebody who, who I really hung on to, like, I really respected, I really loved. And when I thought I lost that contact, it was horrible. It was really, really difficult for me. But I also said, like, I don't think I can go back living a life that is not me. I, I don't feel comfortable anymore. Once I came out, I can't go back in. Like, I really just don't feel comfortable. Right. Um, surprisingly, after uh, the silence, she she called me one day and she's like, I'm sorry. And wow. and I was and, and I got really I was just like, well, about what? And she was like, I'm, I'm sorry. It took me so long. But it was a shock when you told me and I, I needed time to get used to everything. And my time was really off. She's going through a health scare. And so I just kind of did not take into consideration her situation. Mm-hmm. But she said, like, you know, I'm sorry. It just really took time. She's like, I also didn't know how to to deal with it because I don't know, of course, the misrepresentation or the the lack of representation. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I didn't know how to react. I didn't know how to deal with this. But you know what? As long as you are happy, that's all I truly want. And I was scared because I don't know what the future would look like for you. I can't help you. I don't know. I can't protect you. And I'm like, I... You know, and, and, you know, I, there's a part of me that says, I don't need protection. But at the same time, I was like, for you to say that, like, it was, it was so, so beautiful. I, I felt yeah. finally like she was seeing me as who I was. And, and the, the relationship I have with her now is better than anything I've ever had with her. I mean, I've always been the good kid, but I yeah. never told her anything. And she finally, like, we we talked a lot. And she's like, I finally realized why you never told me anything about yourself. Like, even when we argued, she's like, you never talked back to me. And I was like, I'm just scared. I'm like, First of all, I'm terrified of you. But I'm, but I was just scared of whatever I said, if, if anything I said would give you any sense of uh, any hint that I was different from what you expected. And now I can talk to her about anything. And our relationship is very, very good now. So that was my coming out. It was, it was very, it was very dramatic. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so different for everybody. I think it's a really personal journey. It, it sort of makes me think of my coming out journey. I, I realized much (laughs) later. Yeah. It's fun, right? Talking to people, you're like, Oh, tell me yours. (laughs) Yeah, I I realized my sexuality later in life. So I was in my How old was I? Oh. Um I think was I 20 yet? I don't know. Anyway, 19, 20, around actually it might have been a bit after. Around 20 anyway. Mm-hmm. And I told one friend. He was bisexual, so I felt safe and I'm like I, but I still didn't fully commit to it. I'm like I'm 90% sure that I'm gay. That's what I said to him. Um, and then I just kind of didn't talk to anyone about it for years. And then I started my career as a teacher in a small town, small town, right? A couple of thousand people. But what do you know? 
two teachers there are lesbians and they're a couple. And, you know, as soon as I saw them, I just knew, right? I was like, oh, this is exciting. Like I just got really excited and one of them dressed like me and I was like, oh, my God, you know, this is really cool. And I became really close friends with them. And one night we were out somewhere. I think we were at a pub or something. It was one of their birthdays. And, of course, they had lots of people in the lots of friends in the queer community. So I'm surrounded by these people who are really confident in their sexuality. I still hadn't come out. But these my teacher friends had suspected for a while, right? And, oh, how did it happen? One of their friends at the table said to me, oh, which side of the girlfriend-boyfriend fence do you sit? And I'm a really bad liar. And I just went, oh, the girlfriend side. I'm like, bright red. And they were just like, yeah, whatever, like no big deal, cool. And I'm freaking out. This whole table of people, maybe 20 people who most of them I didn't know, they knew and my my mum didn't know. My dad wasn't alive at the time, but my mum, who I was very close with, she didn't know and I just felt sick at the thought of it, knots in my stomach. And so I think maybe a couple of weeks had passed and I'm like, I need to tell my mum and I need to tell her in person. Mm-hmm. So I chucked a sickie at work. I flew down to see mum for a few days and my sister, who's 10 years younger, and I said, let's go for a walk. <laughs> I'm like, how am I going to tell them? I'm like, I don't want to look them in the eye. So we're walking and this walk went on and on. It was probably more than an hour. And I'm like, okay, come on, you can do it. And I see this rainbow I'm like, oh, fuck, the universe is telling me, like, come on, get on with it. There's a fucking rainbow. Anyway, so I, I stop walking. I grab my mum and my sister by the hands. I'm, I'm getting teary. I'm like, I have something to tell you. And they're getting worried, right? Why are you stopping? Why are you crying? Like, are you sick? And I just said, I'm gay and I burst into tears. And my sister just clung onto me, gave me the biggest hug. I felt so accepted. And mum was just standing there frozen. And she said, oh, well, that's personal. That's your choice. And I thought, oh, shit, I shouldn't have told her. Like, oh, my God. I just felt, you know, she wasn't mean, but the words felt so cold. I'm like, Mm. number one, it's not a choice. And, okay, it's kind of personal, but you're someone who's really important to me and I wanted to share something that is a big part of me. So I felt pretty rejected and mum and I you know would talk regularly but it was the topic we never spoke about Mm. it was just like the elephant in the room Mm -mm. because I feel like once you tell someone you expect to be able to talk about these things (laughs) well that's what I thought and then I got my first girlfriend and I'm like I have to tell mum like that we just had such a strong connection even though she clearly hadn't come to terms yet with my sexuality. I'm like, I have to tell mum. I don't want to be a liar. And she just sort of went, oh, yeah, okay. And then again, my girlfriend became the elephant in the room. <laughs> like I was with this, I was with, you know, the, my girlfriend for eight years. Mm. And for the first couple of years, yeah, just never asked, oh, how are you two doing or how's so-and-so? And one day I said, mum, what the fuck, what is going on? I'm like, I see a future with this woman and I love you, 
But if you can't accept who I am and accept her into your life, then we've got a problem. Like you need to make a choice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't, I can't remember if I got a reply from her, but I called her up and I said, look, I actually don't know how you feel about this whole situation. You haven't said anything. And it was our first open conversation. She's like, well, I've thought about how I won't be a grandma and that makes me really sad. Mm. And it just hit me in the heart. And I like, I thought, wow, she's actually being honest. I would much rather that than the cold right. coldness she'd been giving me. And then I said, well, you know, I can still have kids. It's a bit more difficult, but you might be a grandma one day. So that kind of started the open dialogue and it, it took time mm. and she met my girlfriend for the first time and it, it wasn't too horrible. I thought she'd be absolutely a meanie, but she was actually really nice. Mm. And full acceptance came because my mum's not alive anymore, but when she was very sick and dying, my well, she, we're not together anymore, but my fiancé at the time was with me and one of the nurses was in the room because we were in palliative care, mum's in the bed, it's me and my fiancé, and one of the nurses said, oh, is that your sister? Mm. Which, don't get me started on that. Anyway, my mum said, no, that's my daughter-in-law. Oh. And I just went, oh, my God. Like, it's made me teary thinking about it. I was like, wow, she fully accepts. Like, I just felt so loved and so accepted and... It's amazing how how much of an impact it has to feel fully accepted. It is so validating. And as much as we say that we shouldn't put our self-worth or so much important in importance in what others think, it it kind of it does matter to me. So it, it meant does. A lot. It does, especially from yeah. the people who we like our family. I think that that's one. Like I've always that's one I feel like, you know, that that's the exception to the rule. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a tricky one. Mm. And I really, I empathize with people who, you know, haven't been able to get to that stage with their family. You know, mm. for some people, unfortunately, they aren't accepted by their family. And that, that just breaks my heart. And I wish everybody could get that acceptance, but it's just not, it's not the truth for some people. Yeah. It's, it's really, really hard to, it's, it, you know, in, in that sense, like, I guess you and I have been lucky to have people mm -hmm. who, who accept us. When I see a lot of, you know, our brothers and sisters in that sense, like who don't have that, it's, then I, I'm like, you know what, let me be, I know I'm not a replacement, but let me be. The person who will validate your experience and, and you as who you are because you need, not you need, but like I, I want to give that to you. It's just, it's, it gives you such a, it, it really changes a lot. I think like when, when my mother accepted and, and when my family was very accepting it, it just completely changed this dialogue that I had within myself about who I was as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's such a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's nice to share. I feel like it's not something I get to talk about often. Mm. You know, a lot of my friends are straight 
It's it's a different. They can never understand what that's like. <laughs> you tell another like gay person about it, you're like, oh okay, like, there's something. Okay, we're <laughs> this instant connection. Yeah. yeah, but I back to what I was saying before, it, and your coming out story. There was more than one, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just oh, this big event. Everybody knew I'm cool. Everything's fine. Like it's it's constant and. In many circumstances, I'm not transparent with who I am mm-hmm. because I don't feel safe or I'm unsure how people are going to react. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's part of our existence now. You know, yeah. we, it's, it isn't safe in all contexts to be yeah. fully transparent. Mm. That's true. It, it is a little bit scary, or I think, in that sense. Like Japan, they're, they're quite, like it, I came to a place that is exactly the way that, you know, surprising how, how open I am here. It's just the same as in the States. It's, it, there's no representation really. And, you know, speaking of people who, who are not able to, to come out, it's, it's constant. I, I, I've met more closed closeted people here than I have open people. Um, and it's, it's sad. Uh, but I mean, in a sense, I'm safer I feel safer here I don't think I would be as as open as I am here than I would be in the states actually and surprising yeah just because I I don't know like it's it's accepting in the states like we have the dialogue it's open like you see it more um you see marriage is okay you see people holding hands and stuff but at the same time I'm I'm still a little bit scared because people react quite big in the states maybe the worst I'd get would be little stares and be like and then well, that's it <laughs> yeah. you know they don't say anything they don't do anything so I don't right right at least not to your face right so here at least mm. so I, I feel a little I understand like sometimes it's it's we have to be safe and that's it sucks that we have to think that extra that, that's that extra thing that we have to think about but people in the queer community we're used to it <laughs> we're used to like, <laughs> right and I think that community piece is so important mm-hmm. you know it's almost like choosing your family you know you're choosing the people to be around and that it's safe Mm -hmm. to actually be yourself Mm -hmm. because I think it's really important to try and find that space yeah absolutely huge change it's a very big change I think um I I recently moved actually and um I've lived 14 years in the west of Japan and my community is there my friends are there my support group is is there Mm -hmm. I moved to the east of Japan so near Tokyo now and I'm I'm looking for my new community and it's, it's, I, I feel the difference when there's mm. not, when I don't have that community, it, it, it's a little bit, mm. <laughs> a little scary, um, but it makes a difference. And even though I have like one or like the one or two people that I found here, I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> you just cling to them. <laughs> you're my friends. Like you you understand me. And it's a difference between like, it's not saying that I don't have friends, but like, there's a difference with like, you know, straight friends and who, people who are in my, you know, in the LGBTQ group, then it's like, you understand. I don't even need, like, it's kind of, kind of like that coming out story that we just had. Like there's a, there's something that binds us in a way. Like your experience is definitely different from my experience, but there is that, like when we, every time I hear like a coming out story, there's a part of my heart that I, I'm like, mm. oh, it, 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 it rings so true. And it's so close. And I'm yeah. just like, I it's one like embrace yeah. you. Know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I don't no, I don't feel that really with with um with my straighter friends. It's like my straight friends. It's just like it's a story for them. 
And they're like, oh. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, how did you come out and tell everybody you had a boyfriend? Yeah. uh, Yeah. So. Yeah. (laughs) It makes me think I, um, oh, maybe a year ago, 18 months ago, I made some friends with neighbors where I was living at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Lesbian couple. They were just awesome. And we both had a puppy at the time, similar age. And, you know, we became friends. And. You know, they were great. And my partner at the time was stalking them on Instagram, as you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Rosie, come here. I'm like, what? What's wrong? She's like, I think so-and-so is transgender. And I went, oh, like, I was like, why? What? Why? Like, are you concerned about this? And I think she was just like, whoa, I've met one in the wild kind of thing, which is awful. Like, but I, I, I kind of get yeah. it. Anyway, I decided to stalk on the Instagram and she had shared her transitioning journey on Instagram. It was amazing, you know, since she started um, hormone therapy and it was just, it brought me to tears. And I said to my partner, I need to say something. And she said, you can't do that. Like, no. And I said, no, that's a problem. We can't, it's not hush hush. Like, no, I want to say something. And I sent a message and said, I just want to say, I think you're awesome and the fact you're showing it online is amazing and just thank you for being so open about it. And she was like, I don't have words, but thank you. Yeah, it was just, it was a really cool experience. I just felt, oh, wow, how, you know, it's brave and it's courageous to come out Mm -hmm. and to be so open about it Mm -hmm. is to me, it's just like, wow, I wish I was that brave kind of thing. <laughs> it's this big, scary thing. Mm-hmm. It still kind of is for me sometimes coming out to people. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I'd rather not. It's just I don't want to go there. <laughs> it's, you know, it's sometimes we, we you pick and choose, like, again. Like, you know, you don't know how people react. And sometimes it's it's not worth, like, the hassle <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. You can think what you think. <laughs> yeah, I'll, get quite, I'll go to the shop and they go, oh, yeah, you're getting that for hubby. Yeah. And I'll just go, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, sure, yeah, whatever. Like, let's end this conversation. Yeah. I don't want to have to explain myself yeah. to you. You don't. You don't. We don't need to explain ourselves to anybody that we don't want yeah. to. And, you know, it's it's yeah. it's a privilege to know us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> know us exactly. For, for, of who, who we are, so... It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think we deserve to have the right to pick and choose who we share that with. Oh, it's, goodness. It's I, yeah. It's an intimate thing to share. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it's yeah. oh, I, there is, okay, I, this is like a random, but I, yeah, sometimes people expect a lot from you. Then they're like, well, now share all your story. And I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> why do I have, like, you're not somebody I feel very comfortable sharing everything to. But they're like, well, you're out then. You you share, right? You you put on Instagram. I'm like, yes, but that is the part that I choose to share, and that's what you get. Like, what? <laughs> I don't need to tell you exactly like what my relationships are like right now. And I'm like, they're they're my business, right? They're the, and it's just it's me and the other person as well. So yeah, calm down. Yeah. yeah. And there's some really intimate questions yeah. that come out that I don't think people would ever ask to a straight person yeah like oh how do two girls have sex oh when was your first time oh have you had sex with a man oh how do you know you know excuse me (laughs) i might again pick and choose who you want to say it to (laughs) but sometimes i'm like 
what an odd question to ask someone who you've just like kind of met. <laughs> right. Boundaries, right. people. Yes, yes, it's exactly, exactly. Let's, I want to jump now. Like this, <laughs> this conversation has been awesome, but let's talk about, because you're an empowerment and joy coach. Mm-hmm. How did you get to that? Because <laughs> like, obviously you weren't always a coach. So what happened? Yeah. Well, I got into coaching because of the relationship that I was in, in the, the previous. It was a six-year relationship. It was quite the chaotic relationship. And mm. part of learning how to accept my partner was it was part of accepting myself. I did not accept myself. I was so, you know, I realized a lot of the stuff that was going on was a lot of projection that I, I was projecting towards things that I didn't like about myself. I had gotten, we got to a really, really horrible point in our relationship. And I was like, what the heck am I doing here? I, mm. you know, the, the relationship itself took, you know, it was, it, was, it was tough. And I was also in a very bad space. I checked myself into a, what they call a mental clinic here. It sounds really bad, but it's just therapy. They started giving me pills because that's how they deal with mental issues in Japan, which I'm not a very big fan of. They gave me pills and I'm like, that's not, that's not what would help me actually. Um, and then, so, uh, I got, I started doing counseling yeah. with an, an English speaker and she was just telling me about, um, well, we were working through mindset and like mindfulness and things like that and anger management. I had a lot of anger, <laughs> but it was, it was just a lot I can of, relate to that. right. It was, a, it's a lot of, of childhood trauma and things that don't get released. So it builds up into this volcanic eruption. Um, and she, you know, on our last session, she's like, have you ever thought about coaching? And I was like, what's that? And then, so that was my introduction mm-hmm. to coaching. Cause all I ever knew was therapy. And I was like, okay, let me check this out. And yeah, that was my introduction to coaching. I found Jay Shetty, beautiful eyes, very yes. good guy, right? <laughs> and so, yeah. And voice. Yeah. Yes, yes. And um, yeah, he's, I mean, watching it, learning it, like seeing another different side of how to think was a big had a huge impact and that you know applying a lot of the things that I learned from those those videos that I watched and things like that really helped in my relationship I was like this shit's real like this shit's good (laughs) it works because my relationship got like much much better um from then and um in the in terms of like communication and and being able to you know listen and just accept things as they are yeah so I was like this is really really good like this is this shit how, how do how do people like survive not knowing this stuff like yeah. I, I don't know how I ever lived without knowing all the things that I know now and so I, I got really interested in coaching and so I decided yeah let's let's do this I want to I want to learn more and so I got I got certified I'm a, I'm a certified professional coach now and then the empowerment the joy part was just like what was important to me in my life was just I wanted somebody to encourage me to be who I am and to find joy in life because I lived, you know, it was, it was darkness for such a long time. I did not know joy for a long, long time. And I didn't allow myself Mm. to know joy. We live in that culture, especially in Japan, like it's hustle, hustle, hustle. It's go, go, go. It's Mm. never like, it's nothing about joy. And I think being here has helped me really see what it is that I really need. And it's, it's joy for me. Joy is a huge value. And I love having fun and and bringing joy to people's lives and and having joy reciprocate it's, it's a reciprocated thing like you bring joy you give joy you take and give and take kind of situation and joy makes the world go round and round and it's it's a lot of also coming to yourself like me being more and more open to who I was being more accepting of who I was 
and having fun with who I am. Just that in itself was transformative for me. So I'm like listening to a lot of the people who I who I come in contact with. I'm also a teacher. I teach English in Japan. And so a lot of the people I listen to, I hear their life story through our lessons. And I'm like, you you need more joy in your life. <laughs> and, and, and it's not like going out and having fun, but you need to, I, I feel like a lot of us don't know how to have fun being who we are. And a lot of people have not explored what that looks like. And they're just, we're, we're so caught up, you know, especially in the, in, in this day and age, it's, it's so much, you got to go to the right school. You have to get the right job. You have to marry the right person. You have to have this much money. You have to buy this kind of house, so much expectation. And we don't have time to be with ourselves and know, do we really truly want this? Because that's, that was my life. You know, I just, I just lived the life that people told me it's the straight, the straight life, you know, the, we were supposed to have this many kids and blah, 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 blah. Like we never questioned it. But the moment you sit down and you have that quiet moment with yourself and you think, do I truly want this? A lot of times it shocks, you know, it shocked me when I realized I don't want it. And I think yeah. it comes to a shock as I, for many people when they realize I don't. I don't truly want to work where I want to work. I don't truly want to like be married to this person. I, why did I get married? Because so many, because everybody told me I had to get married. You know, we have that timeline, especially as women, Yeah. you know, by this time you should be married. You should have this many kids. You should have this house, you know? And, and for a long time, I, I felt as I was living here longer and I was not living the, I was, I'm, I'm looking at my friends. I don't have the typical life that they have. They're getting married. They're buying their first house. They're having their first kids and blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, I'm very gay. <laughs> it doesn't look exactly like that. And and there was a fear. I was like, wait, am I doing something? And again, that old feeling of like, am I doing something wrong? Is something wrong with me? Yes. I'm like, no, I'm living, I'm living my life the way that I want to live. You know, I'm here, I'm, I'm having fun. And this is what I feel is joyful. And I don't need to compare myself because I used to compare myself a lot. To oh, yeah. Right? And we have a lot of, that issue yeah and and just empowering yourself and and letting yourself know that the way that you want to live your life the way that you experience your life that is completely fine and just be happy yeah. with the life that you chose because it's you really just have one life and what's the point if you're on your deathbed and you think back and you're like crap I shouldn't have done this this is it that's how unfortunate yeah. is that yeah yeah you can't live for other people mm. I think we we deserve to live a joyful life yes, and a life that we want. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of listeners of this podcast, because it's called The Pursuit of Freedom, so a lot of listeners are at that point, they know they want to change in life, mm. but they can't even articulate what change they want or what is even wrong, but they just got this feeling. Oh, feeling, yep what this is something I've been through but what would you say to those people because it can be pretty overwhelming and feel pretty lonely yeah first of all you're not alone Mm. (laughs) and you're you're absolutely not alone and it's you know to to have that awareness is it's a first step it's not even like what exactly is wrong but that kind of weird feeling that you have that kind of uncomfortable feeling that you feel when you wake up and you're like this that split second of like this is not, this is something's up. That in itself is already really, really powerful. And you're not alone and it's okay. 
it's okay to have that feeling. It's okay to feel like something's off. Sometimes it really is something that you would want to change. Sometimes it's not. It's okay. You don't need to change right now. You don't right, need right. to change if you don't want to change. But let's explore. Let's just think of possibilities. Mm. You know, if you were to, you know, we do a visioning exercise, like, you know, close your eyes and imagine if you were living the life that you wanted. No strings attached, nothing. Like, don't think anything about what's realistic or not. Okay, think you have a bazillion dollars right now or like whatever. You're, you're living the life that you want. What kind of feelings do you want? What do you see? What do you smell? What do you feel? What do you touch? What do you hear? Imagine that. And then, all right, put that onto what you have now. What, what's, what changed? What was that thing? And from there, we could explore. That word explore is key. Mm. We need to lead with curiosity. Let's just play a little. Yeah. Let's figure it out. You're not going to know what you want straight away. And it, it's going to change. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Yeah. That's who we are as people. Things are going to change. Exactly. But it's worth exploring. Yeah. And going, yeah. okay, what could life be like? Exactly, exactly. And then, okay, what could I do to get a little bit closer to that? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But it, it is a scary time. It is. <laughs> it is. And and it's but to know that you're not alone, to know that they're, you know, yeah. If you have a coach, you know, the coach is with you. You have friends, you have people in your side yeah, yeah. by your side. You it's it's yeah. scary when you have to do things alone, but you're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't do it alone. Mm. For someone like me, I can be really stubborn. Like I'm independent. I can do this myself. <laughs> but I, I no one's no one's questioning it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Asking for help or letting other people in isn't a weakness. Yeah. And I've really come to learn the power of community. It's something I'm so passionate about. And, you know, probably by the time this episode go- goes live, it'll be launched, but I'm setting up a community for women who are wanting change oh. because let's let's not do this alone. Beautiful. We're better together, seriously. Right. And I remember you telling me when we first spoke, and I hope you don't mind me saying mm-hmm. this, but you were saying it was a goal to of yours to launch a podcast yeah. for the LGBTQ yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. It's happening. Which I think is awesome. <laughs> is that still something you want to do? Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. I'm just I'm just yeah. getting all my stuff ready. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I, I forgot that I told you. <laughs> Yeah, cats out of the bag. I love, it. I love it. Yes, yes, it's happening. But no, I love that you're doing that, and I would. Lo- oh my gosh, I'm excited that you're 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 creating a community. Yes, do it. We need we, right. We have to. Yeah, we do. And this podcast in itself is a community. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, the thing with a podcast is sometimes it's very. It can be one way. Like obviously, I've got a connection with you and you with me now, but the listeners. I don't get to hear mm. the impact it's having on them. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I've got messages. But I want to be more connected. And that's why I'm starting an online community where we can just that's chat about whatever, yes. right? There's no expectations. That's so great. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't wait yeah. for your communi- uh, your podcast to launch. I can't wait for and- <laughs> to launch. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Like, let's let's keep this We're going. keeping each other accountable so this. worth it. <laughs> right. I'm on to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took me years to get off my butt and do this podcast. And then I just started and it just was like, oh, why did I take so long? That's kind of the thing though, with with you know, with everything. We 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 talk ourselves out, we talk ourselves out. When we do it, we're like, oh my God. <laughs> 
but, yep. but it happened when it had to happen. And right. yeah. And it, it worked. Yeah. It's, it's fine. The universe has our back. They know. We've manifested it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's out there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be kind to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So what that it took five years? Like it's happening. And yeah, and you're making, journey, and you're making a huge impact, I'm sure. Like what oh gosh, it's amazing. And I'm I'm just so happy like that you have this. You've brought this out into the world, this your your podcast project, and now it's it's helping so many people, I'm sure. And even just me oh, talking to you, like I, I, I feel very like, what a wonderful way to wake up in the morning. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. I, I'm, I love these chats. Like it's honestly a big part of why I do the podcast is probably pretty selfish. I just love it. I love hearing these stories. It's, um, it's a privilege. It really is. And just my aim is to give people a voice. I don't want to speak for other people. I think it's important to just give people a platform to share their story on their terms. Thank you. I am really happy. Thank you so much. I I think it's just wonderful what you're doing. And I'm I'm just, I'm excited for, I'm really excited for your community. (laughs) Oh, cool. Well, yep. It's happening. You can hold me to an account. I keep saying, yeah, it'll be launched. And I am hedging, I must say, but. If the community's not out by the time this episode goes out, that's a problem. Uh, I'll keep you in check. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Yeah. yeah we're yeah. better together, definitely. Because, you know, yeah. yes, we're, we're strong, independent people. and We can go go very far by ourselves. But why? The company's yeah. always fun. The company's nice. And I agree. Have, fun on, have fun on the way. Right. It doesn't mean you can't have a bit of alone time, yeah. right? But, yeah. Yeah. Final question. Yes. I like to ask everybody this question. What does freedom mean to you? Oh, freedom. Freedom means flight, I think. The, 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 the image that just popped up in my mind was flight. And in a way, soaring beyond, there's just, just empty skies. Being absolutely who you are without limits, without limiting yourself, you're the sky's the limit. I mean, space now, you know, <laughs> being absolutely who you are and having no constraints and nothing that holds you back, nothing that the thoughts, the beliefs, the stories, anything that you tell yourself, those things are all gone. Just let yourself be who you are. That's, that's what freedom mm. is to me. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm. How about you? Jenna, what thank is, you what is... so much. Oh, Sorry. don't ask me that. <laughs> no, I love it. I do love it when guests turn it on me. I'm like, damn it. And I, what I find interesting is the rare occasion where I am asked, my answer, it does change. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of, my concept of freedom is evolving. And as I hear people's answers, I'm like, ooh, hadn't thought of it like that. But I really like what you were saying about you know, tapping into who you are. I think that's a big part of it. Finding your truth has been a big thing for me. You know, Mm -hmm. I've got a tattoo on my arm that says stay true because when I stray from who I am, it just, that's when the problems start Mm -hmm. coming up. Things don't end well for me. And I start straying because I'm feeling these external pressures. Like this is what people expect from me. And I can't do it that way because no one else is. Mm-hmm. But stuff that, you know, um, I, I've really, over the years, I question more and more 
these so-called rules mm-hmm. and the way things are done. Like whose belief is it that you have to get married by this age and have kids mm-hmm. and buy a house and if you don't then you're a failure? Mm-hmm. Excuse me? Mm-hmm. Whose belief is that? And we've just been conditioned to believe all these things. But when you go, hang on, is that my belief or is that someone else's? Yes. You have to undo that and ask the question, and who is that belief helping? Mm-hmm. Not helping me. So freedom to me is being able to live a life with joy and feel safe to be my true self. That is the utmost freedom. I think they're two really important things for me. Mm-hmm. Joy. What's life is not. It's not. I was going to say it's not enjoyable without joy. Well, <laughs> you <should> Einstein, but <laughs> you know, life is better when it's joyful. Right. I want to do things, do the things I enjoy. But to get there, I have to be very conscious with my decisions. So it's not just going to happen by accident. Yeah. Oh, it's not a very articulate answer, no, but that, no. that is what I would say freedom is to me. I love that. Thank you. I was like, I, I got to know what you're thinking. <laughs> I haven't even yeah. your answers before we finish. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I should put together a compilation of everybody's answers because it blows my mind how different the answers are. Mm. It's such a big concept, but also so personal to everybody. Like, I should look up actually what the definition in the dictionary is because I'm sure it's nothing like what you and I said. <laughs> but it's fine. It's we make it what we we make it, right? But that's the thing with life. Like yeah. we we make life. There's so many different ways to live life. So going back to kind of what you're saying, like who's to say that this is one way and whatever? We've nobody decided that. We just all just kind of went along with it. But now it's your turn to write your own rule book, write your own guidebook, how to live life the rosy way. Yeah, and I wouldn't want it to be any other way. Because there is no other way. No, right. No there way. is no other way. Yes. You're, you're put on I this planet that. to live this one life the way that you want it to live. And no matter how up and like ups and downs and left and right, whatever it does, that's the way you were supposed to live it. And no one else can tell you anything else. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's lean into so, that. And one of the big foundations of this community I'm putting together is going again you know we all think we want one thing or we're told Mm -hmm. we should want one thing I should say but the community is about figuring out what the hell it is that you want yes not what you not what you think you want or what everybody's telling you you should want but what you actually Mm -hmm. want Mm -hmm. I love it (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, Gets me fired up. Because yeah. no, I want to join that community. <laughs> Sweet. Yep. You're going to be the first member. Let's do yeah. it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jen, this has been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been so validating. Absolutely. Same here. And you. I just know our listeners are going to get a lot from this, especially those in the LGBTQI plus community mm-hmm. because – our voices aren't always heard. Mm. But we're changing that. We're gonna we, we are. Yes, and you have yeah. already you started, so I'm very, very happy. We've got you. Yeah. Yep. And I'm coming in into the community to You uh, are. <laughs> and you're already you're already doing work as a coach, which is changing lives. And I think it's important to remember that 
even one person can make change. Mm -hmm. So just the it's that small drop in the ocean, which is such a cliche, right? But it does have a ripple effect. It does. My conversation with you is going to affect someone who's listening and they might tell someone else and it's just going to keep growing from there. So yeah. let's not lose hope, people. <laughs> I love that. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jen. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. If this episode resonated with you at all, could I please ask that you share it with a friend who you think could get value from it? And whilst you're doing that, make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss another episode. And whilst you're following or subscribing, please leave us um, a rating, preferably five stars, and also a written review. Doing each of these things is going to help this podcast reach more people and impact more lives, which is at the end of the day is what we're here to do. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Remember, you matter, you're worth it, and you are so, so capable. Take care of yourself, and I'll see you next week.